Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hello and welcome to the Des Bishop Podcast, Melbourne Comedy Scene Special. Uh, tonight it's it's funded by you guys, so we have a donation bucket at the end. Pay what you think it's worth. Of course, we've seen a lot of comics tonight. Has everyone had a good time? Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, be generous because we get all the money that has been paid off. And a lot of us are sleeping in our cars, uh, <laughs> so please give generously because yeah, no one gets paid tonight. So thank you so much, and you guys have been an awesome crowd. So would you put your hands up? And get bananas. Put your hands up. Put, or put your hands together. Sorry, you, you put them up. Put, them up. Put, them up. put your hands up. Put, put your hands up. And then start putting them together. Let's start going bloody bananas. Give one like tonight. The bloody awesome Dan Special. Thanks, man. Put your hands up in the air. All right. How is everybody? Yeah, that was great. You know, so I just said I have a podcast. I, I'm, I'm American, but I live in Ireland. I have a podcast mostly Irish people listen to. So I was going to do like a special Aussie episode. So I thought, oh, I'll get a bit of footage of me coming on stage. And it starts with him going, okay, guys, we're going to pass around a bucket. And I'm fucking back around there like, he's killing it over there. He's doing fucking shit. He's fucking busking. <laughs> so, uh, anyway. Yes, that's right. I've been sampling... Not just my own show at the Melbourne Comedy Festival, but doing some other gigs, mostly run by uh, a great comic called Carl Chandler, who is our guest for today's podcast. And I kind of wanted to talk to Carl. Well, actually, the main reason why I wanted to talk to Carl was because I had a car uh, with no, uh, you know, not a manual transmission. So we hadn't sort of cruised around in a car and chatted to somebody in a while. So I was doing... Um, some of Carl's shows, so I asked if he would join me for a, a cruise in the car, but I thought it'd be interesting to talk to Carl because I used to run gigs in the International many years ago, and uh, he runs tons of shows in Melbourne, so I really just wanted to talk to him about the process of running shows as a comic, you know, because that's a unique thing where you have to give gigs to your friends or not give gigs to your friends, and that can be awkward. Anyway, this is very much a comedy... Not not so much a comedy nerd special, but people that are interested in the workings of, you know, the entry-level comedy game uh, should definitely listen to this. Uh, and, I, you know, I think it's a good chat with Carl anyway, but for the person who doesn't give a crap about the comedy world, probably not the best podcast to listen to. Not that I should run down my own chat with Carl. Uh, in the second half of the chat, we talk about his own show where he employs a heckler. A comedian to heckle him throughout the show which i did uh this night also and uh yeah other than that enjoy the chat just because we're not have, we don't have a destination until i drop you home which is part of the bonus of oh, doing nice. this podcast i'm doing a hook turn all right nice <laughs> because i think a melbourne podcast in a car 
has to start with a hook. Turn. And I think it's a very uh, it's a it's a nice audio feature to do a, a specific turn in a car that you can't yeah, see. Yeah, I mean they can't see the hook turn, but at least it's happening. Yeah. And that is very specific the, to Melbourne. So before we start chatting about anything fun, as a Melbourne person, can you describe the hook turn? Uh, the hook turn is for some reason if you want it if you get to the traffic lights and you want to turn right. What you do is you turn left, basically. What, <laughs> it makes a lot of sense. Like, you, you've got to pull off to the side, to the left, and wait, basically, until the, the light turns uh, red, and then you turn right before you get hit by another yeah, car. Yeah, essentially, you're way. joining the traffic coming yeah. from your left. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which, you know, I think it's actually a great system, but I just think it's nice to start a driving podcast in Melbourne with a hook turn. Yeah. I think that's the way it's supposed to start. Yeah, yeah, sure. It wasn't my plan, but we did end up at a hook turn turn section yeah. at that time. But really why I wanted to... Well, there's a number of reasons why I wanted to talk to you. First of all, you've been very good to me this festival. You give me tons of extra spots. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for doing them. I run a bunch of uh, gigs. I'm like, I, I'm obviously a comic as well, but I combine that with running some some sweet gigs. Yeah, well, you run a lot of shows in Melbourne. Yeah, which, yeah. Which we'll talk about in a minute why that's important. But you have, I've done. Tonight was the 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 third extra gig I've done. Third and fourth. Well, fourth was the heckling. Yeah. Which we'll, we'll also discuss that in a minute, but I uh, have a bit of audio to to go with that. Right. But. Uh, but first, the comedy at Spleen I did tonight was the first gig of yours I've ever I ever did many years ago, two thousand and nine. So how long have you been? How long have you been a comic for starters? Uh, comic, I think eleven. I think eleven years. And so then I started running uh, Spleen with an, another couple of comics about maybe three years later. So there wasn't like there wasn't a lot of great gigs in Melbourne. There wasn't a lot of good gigs. And it's that thing that, you know, happens in every city where there's only a couple of gigs and you, maybe you can't get on one or two and all of a sudden you're like, fuck, what, what am I going to do? So we started like a cool gig and, and basically went, what are all the things that drive us nuts about other people's gigs and what do people do wrong? And just tried to make our version that didn't have any of those things. And What, what do you think were the main things you were trying not to do? Well, there... Back then, I reckon there was only a handful of gigs, and say there was like one good gig that we couldn't get on at, and and we could never, never get on. And it was really hard for anyone to get on, so we went, okay, well let's make a gig, let's make a really, and it was a good gig, but we thought let's make a really good gig that anyone could get on. Like it's going to be heaps of good. Oh, comics. interesting. So no standards. Well, no, but he he was our little, uh, uh, you know, whatever it is, a, a little rule was we'd have say ten comics on. And so, you know, five, six, seven, eight of them would be really good. But there'd always be a couple of spots for people that just sign up, no matter what the quality. So, right, so okay. You, so you had a very open policy. Well, only only for part of the show. But meaning that no matter what, you you can you can possibly get onto this super sweet gig. So there'd always be someone that maybe was doing their first gig or maybe wasn't that great or whatever it was. But they were on, like, tonight with you or with, you know, tonight Luke McGregor was on or... Um, you know, Daniel Sloss was on. So you'd always have these new guys doing, a, uh, you know, this great gig, full house, with these pro comics. So, there was, uh, you know, and it was a good gig and were, people would really aspire to do it. And that was our aim. Because, um, like I said, the only other gig you either couldn't get on at or all the other gigs were just toilet gigs where there was no audience, everyone else was shit, the MC yeah. was shit, and there was just nothing in between. Which is mad because it's... 
Like, Melbourne is one of the big comedy festivals. Yeah, and back then, there was sort of this weird... Uh, it wasn't a rule, but this is what people thought back then. People, There was two rules people had in their head, which was the comedy festival's on, so you, you can't really do comedy in Melbourne for 11 months a year because they thought, people thought, that uh, no one wanted to see comedy for 11 months. But I was like, that's so dumb. Like, as if... As if you, as if there's no need for comedy for eleven months, and you know I was pr- proved right. I mean, not that that was a big achievement because that's an insane idea to to have. Yeah. But um, and their other idea was that you couldn't do comedy in the city, which again to me seemed insane. Really? Because that's they said all you the, couldn't do comedy in the city. Yeah, because there was no clubs in the city, nothing at all, no comedy at all in the city, and people would say you can't do it in the city. But it, that seemed crazy because that's where all the tourists are. That's where that's where people go to from from outer suburbs. So and now of course. This is like seven years, eight years later. Every comedy gig in Melbourne is in the city. Is in the CBD. Yeah. And uh, now, we're, literally, we're at the town hall. Yeah. The yeah. hub of the Melbourne International Comedy Festival. Yeah. But it's Monday night, so it's kind of the night off. Kind of the night off, except for you, who's who's doing two of my gigs, plus then plus driving around talking driving to me. Driving around talking on the podcast. Well, I mean, literally, I rented this car today to go down to Sorrento. I got my little cousin Bella with me. I wanted to, you know, make sure she saw some some pretty things today so we went down to the coast and then i had the car tonight and i was like oh it's an automatic you know when you have an automatic you can chill in the car you yeah know? yeah i still don't think this is legal but sure yeah oh the chat yeah, yeah we've yeah. already established that nobody cares i mean yeah. you know we're just hey you did a correct hook turn that's i've done a know, correct hook turn now yeah. you're allowed to talk now talk cruise, into a microphone as you drive now <laughs> I'm cruising down Connell street <laughs> passing the gucci shop yeah, doing yeah. my podcast you know like I, I think there's something hip hop about that. Where do yeah. you live, by the way? Uh, Hawthorne. So it's like it's not too far out. It's oh, like yeah. two or I'm three gonna, suburbs. Uh, yeah, I'll drop you out. There. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We can start heading that way now. Yeah. So anyway, so I guess, I guess you know, I ran a room in Dublin for a long time, the International Comedy Club. My brother runs it now. So this is great because it's not that many. It's when when a comic that also runs a room meets another comic that also runs a room. It's good to talk shop because any comic can talk to each other and talk about bad gigs and we can all relate. Yes. But but that's not that often that you run into someone who, who has the same complaints and can bitch the same ways about running rooms. Yeah, well, it's tough to be a comic and run a room. I mean, when I say tough, now I understand that there's people probably out there with financial difficulties yeah. and stuff. So I, it's in relative terms, it's tough. Yeah. But what I always found tough was... You're a comic. You know what it's like to be a comic, right? But when it comes to running the room, you know, you have your way of running it. You yeah, know? totally. Standards-wise and all that type of shit. Yep. So there's a conflict there in terms of you want to hang out with your colleagues, but some of your colleagues, not all, but some of your colleagues are going to think that yep. you're fucking with them. Yeah, and you become it becomes like a boss situation as well. I where know, yeah. Where then there's certain people that uh, you have to tell how to suck eggs and stuff you have to tell people how to do their job there's some friends colleagues that you have to sort of you say you're not quite good enough to do this gig or yeah. can you do it this way you're fucking it up do it this way don't fuck around do it this way so it becomes a weird sort of employment thing where it's like oh man we're not just on the same level anymore we're not just friends this is this is i'm paying you to do a job now yeah i mean a lot of stories i want to talk about just in terms of yourself do you think that's been better or worse for your development as a comedian? Oh, man. It's, you know, from the outside looking in, some people think that, you know, it's, it getting into running regular comedy rooms is like, you know, elevates you. But I don't really think it does because you, I don't think anyone goes, oh, man, you run a room, come and be on my TV show. Like, it, it literally it, it doesn't, <laughs> doesn't work like that. It's like, and that even, even when people introduce me to other gigs, 
they'll say uh, they'll be thinking of like a credit for for you. They'll, they'll say, oh look, there's you know he this guy was on the 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 Melbourne Comedy Festival gala. Give it up yeah. with me. Literally, this is what idiots do around at local rooms. They'll go, this guy runs another room that's not this room. Give it up, Carl Chandler. <laughs> and people are like we don't give a fuck. Like my big credit is basically admin. Like no one. <laughs> It's not like you may have laughed at this guy. Oh, this guy fucking took change at this the door. This guy's good at organizing yeah. shit. Yeah, he's got a fucking sweet Rolodex. Give it up for this guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But on the flip side, I guess, for me at that time, and I'm sure for you, the positive is that I hosted that show for a long time. And yeah. Particularly in those early years for me. I mean, times have changed. So tourism has really started to kick in for, like, crowds. But in my day, it was really about the regulars. And then that forced me to sort of yeah be a bit uh, looser yeah 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 it yeah. forced me to change it up yep. maybe look for the bit of madness yeah 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 that's uh, so that, i think that's a positive yeah i do i set myself that thing especially coming up to comedy festival where i'll put myself on it like that room we did tonight comedy explain um i put myself on there every week and because you know that there's going to be regulars there every week i do brand new every week and it doesn't matter if you do good or bad like even if you're doing um, like stuff that doesn't work. You, my job is to dig myself out of it and to make even the bad stuff good. Or you know, you yeah. know what I mean. Like just to have no fear to get up and do brand brand new every single week. And, and you're not going to give out to yourself. Yeah, you're not going to not book yourself. Exactly. There's no one to sweat. There's no one up the back giving me the light. There's no one up the back going, well, this guy, he had four jokes that didn't work. Let's not put him on next week. No, I'm going to put myself on every fucking week. So yeah, it's um, it's good that way for for testing and just for getting gigs just you know what you run a good gig that means you can have a good gig every week because you're always going to book yourself but, um so we're just coming to the end of victoria parade onto victoria Street. am i right or yeah am yeah, I, yeah yeah you yeah. can do this totally I'm just honestly just at that moment i was just showing off my yeah yeah my geographical awareness of yeah. melbourne that no, i nice. know it well enough that i could bang out a podcast while sort of yeah heading the right direction to hawthorne without asking you how to get there i'm gonna i'm not i'm not gonna give you any directions and let's see oh, how well, close well, you get <laughs> to my house to <laughs> yeah <laughs> i'll yeah. just all i'll do is give you warmer and colder <laughs> All right. Well, we're behind the number twelve tram now, just because yeah. I know, I know that. Well, certainly, my promoter listens to this podcast. Oh yeah, and I know that uh, to my she, podcast. Oh, to your podcast. Well, to yours too. And to mine too. Yeah, to, yeah, to, yeah. To mine, and she she said to me that she likes the driving ones because you know you like to think about where you are and stuff. So since she's a Melbourne woman. Yeah, I'll yeah. have to let her know that I'm now following the the number twelve heading down Victoria Street in. Abbotsford, I believe, yeah. is the official neighborhood that we're in. Right yeah, now. so it's a very Asian-y restaurant sort of neighborhood. A lot yeah. of yeah. Are uh, we at this? Are we at the Asian-y section? Yeah, here? yeah. This is starting right now. Yeah, oh, okay, both sides. Yeah. So this little yeah. hood. Yeah. Also, very good spot for buying heroin, by the way. So. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that is good to know. Yeah. If the festival gets me <laughs> down. So, um, I there were so many things that I found tough about dealing with the comics, and yep, one of them was. The, the sort of eternal open spot, the the guy that just never gets better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's not a, it's not that they're bad people. I like them. That's part of the problem is like, when they're off the stage, I like them. There was this one guy, years ago, and I loved talking to him. He was a super interesting guy. He was a civil servant in his day job, and he was a really interesting guy. But he was just terrible on stage. Yeah. I mean, I have to say, I did enjoy his terribleness, yeah, but that's yeah. like only, you know, we can only enjoy that yeah. in our... In our Normal co- people don't enjoy bad yes. comics, but comics can enjoy but bad comics. he called comics. me every... He called me time and time again. Yep. And back in those days, I only had one open spot spot. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and 
you know, like as the years went on, like more and more people wanted to start doing them. I just hated having to say to this guy, listen, man, I just, yeah, I got nothing for it, you. It's so tough to talk to people that um, don't like this is, and this is the thing I think comes up in comedy a lot where it's hard to talk to someone who just it does badly on stage, but for some reason doesn't understand that they're doing badly on stage. Yeah, What is that? That, yeah, and again, this is not. I want people to know we're not shitting on other comics. No. It's just like. But this is this is just something that comes up in our workplace. So it's very it's a very interesting thing to me. Where I would say I always compare it to this. If you're, uh, you know, if you're an artist and you do bad art, it's sort of hard to you, you, it's hard to get that feedback because uh, it's all you know a matter of taste and whatever. It's on a wall. You don't get that immediate feedback. It's just sitting on a wall. Whereas you do comedy. If no one laughs, that's the barometer. That yeah. means that you're not good. That means you're not doing well. So, and if you do, if you get a lot of laughs, that means you're doing well. So, to me, that's as black and white as you can get. But for some reason, still, people don't understand that. Yeah, I mean, I can look. Everyone has bad gig. It's not about yeah, yeah, bad yeah. Gig. It's but not w- like but a one-off. When it's all the time. Yeah, yeah, totally, totally. Then it becomes like, how have they not noticed? Even to this degree, where I've seen a bad comic that's done badly every time, and you go, okay, well, maybe they think that that's how a good gig goes and then you see them fluke and they have a really good gig and I feel like saying to them well now you know that's what they're supposed to sound like that should in your head that should mean that all those other ones you did were terrible and you should now go fuck most of my gigs are terrible (laughs) you know in comparison to that yeah and then I I tell you what was it well I I tell you what was done to me and then I I I considered that to be the, the, the norm the standard when I first Moved up to Dublin from Cork because I was in college in Cork in 1997. I started doing gigs, but I was like going up and down to Dublin. When I first moved up to Dublin, I had started to get a bit of a like a name for myself amongst the sort of early, you know, like the people that were just starting out. Right. And so I got bumped up to 20 minute spots at the International Thursday nights, Joe Rooney before I ran it. And then my first 20 minute spot, I stank it up. Right. Bad. Yeah. And it was just clear that I didn't have fucking 20 minutes. Yeah, you yeah, know? yeah, yeah. And I called Joe Rue and he's like, I'm sorry, man, but I don't have 20 minute spots for you. I got to put you back to 10 minutes. Yeah, yeah. And it fucking killed me. Yeah, it yeah. Killed me. Yeah. And the next time I went up on that stage, I was like, I'll fucking show this cunt yeah. fucking 10 minutes. <laughs> and I fucking ripped the shit out of it. Yeah. And then he gave me 20 minutes. That's how I responded to it. Yeah, yeah. My yeah. experience was right, right. When I passed on that method, yeah, <laughs> that a lot of people got angry at. Yeah, me. totally. That my theory is that um, uh, the weird thing about running a room is that people uh, only ever get pissed off with you, that people are only ever mad with you about stuff. They never. People always go, "I deserve this. I deserve that. How come I haven't got this? How come I haven't got that?" No one ever goes. Thank you for giving me this thing because I don't really deserve it. Yeah, and it's interesting because one of the reasons why I wanted to chat to you was because Beck, who is my promoter, who was, I was just joking around about that, listens to this. I had said to her, I was like, God, Carl Chandler runs a lot of great rooms. You know, like th- like that's like a serious service that's going down in Melbourne because there's just not a lot of gigs, you know? And uh, so I was going to ask you because like... V- y- it's not like again it doesn't it doesn't want you don't want to sound like you're coming off like moaning but like i always because my brother runs the international now and he would never like me to use him as an example because like but like nobody turns around and goes hey if you weren't running these shows there'd be five less great gigs in dublin yeah you know and like 
those gigs that he runs are good Dublin gigs that actually pay a bit. Yeah. And uh, you run these rooms. Nobody turns around and goes, what the fuck would we do if you weren't doing this little hustle? Yeah, yeah. But I mean, that that's f- like, I, I expect that. I, like, I think you're doing things for the wrong reason if you're waiting for someone to say no, thank no, no, you but in, no, in comedy because they're not going to say it. Of course, I, 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 I mean, it's, it's very hard to articulate without sounding like yeah, it's yeah. a moan because yeah. it's not a moan. It's just the sense of like... The, the, Nobody gives a fuck. Yeah, yeah. Which is weird. Yeah, yeah. Because, like, and I guess I didn't give a fuck on other gigs, too. Yeah. You know, I guess I didn't. But on the flip side, I think I gave a fuck a bit because when possible, I still support, you know, like, say, yeah, you, yeah, take yeah. Your, you take your notoriety back to places that helped you out. Totally. And I, th- I do And there are think some comics that do that and some don't. Totally. I agree. And I think... But the, the nice thing is, to be honest, the nice thing that... The people that usually notice that sort of stuff, uh, in my experience, the people who are... Uh, who go on and do really good things. The people the, pe- the people who appreciate what you do, the people who come back and say things, they're the people that usually have got the good enough people skills to go on and be successful and stuff. Right. Interesting. Yeah. I, I tend to think... That they're nearly, you know, like married to each other. Those those two sort of um, pieces of people. The other thing that used to bother me when I was running gigs was guys would ask me when they were going to headline. Oh really? And I'd yeah. Be like, I would say, you mean when you're going to happen to be on last because it's convenient for you to be on last? Like like currently you open because I just need you there. Yeah yeah. You know yeah. that's kind of where you're at at the moment, but. The day that I have you on last will not be because you're the best comic on the bill. It will be because you happen to be on last. Right. So I always found it weird that, like, guys had this thing in their head that, like, they're the headliner. It's like, dude, the headliner means you're the top of the bill. They're selling the tickets. Yeah, yeah. See, that's I, I find that interesting. Like, I don't get it as much anymore, but uh, I used to get a bit of that with MCs that would then go, all right, I want a headline, I want a headline. And I would say, I'd have to have arguments with them and say, the headline, I mean, I don't know how it works over in Dublin, but in Melbourne, there's, say, 30, I reckon 30 different people that can sell tickets to get in, as in famous headliners that are on radio or TV or whatever it is, right? Uh, I, mean, I'm, I, I don't want to fuck your, your flow, but that was a fork in the road. And I, I'm not that confident. With I that. know. I just wanted to see which way you're going. My house is, we've gone past it way back there. But <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> I just wanted to see until, until you said something. <laughs> well, We're actually driving to my girlfriend's parents' house right now. We're not, oh, that would be great. Let's yeah. go chat to them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they love comedy. <laughs> uh, you, whenever I'll you do want a Yui here. Do a Yui whenever you want. Okay. Um, but yeah, going back to the, the headlines and MC, people would say to me, uh, uh, when am I going to headline? I want a headline. I want a headline. I'm like, cool. As soon as people buy tickets off the fact that your face is on a poster, sure. But it's not happening because you're not on TV, you're not on radio, you're not on anything. So, what all you're asking for me to do is to fuck my gig up, have your face on a poster, and then no one comes, and then I can't pay you. So, no, I don't want to do that. <laughs> I, I don't want to give oh, you. You're fucking hardcore. I love oh, well, um, <laughs> but, that, but if you say that, then they, they don't have any argument. Like, there's no use me going, oh, maybe, and then they come back and ask the next week. If you, you turn yeah, left I'll here, if you want. Left here, yeah. Um, so, yeah, until, until you can sell tickets, then. But, and that, that's the ironic thing, of course, because those people that would hound me, you, some of those people have now turned into headliners. Now that they're famous, they're, they're on TV, they're on radio. Now they don't want the gig. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Now it's like, hey man, you can headline yeah. now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like come and headline. Fuck that! I got to get up early for breakfast radio. Yeah, I want to be on first now. <laughs> oh, literally! Now they want to be on first so they can get to bed and get up and do radio. 
So uh, in Dublin, it's been an explosion of people looking for spots. Yeah, yeah. I didn't have to deal with that. I was I passed on the baton before it got out of control. My problem was finding comics. Right. Back in my day. Wow. Like, oh shit! Fucking Thursday afternoon. I still don't have a, you know, I still don't have like a rock solid twenty. Right. To 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 put in the show. Uh, you know, be ringing around. I still like all those numbers are still in my head. I won't say them out loud. Oh, some really? Some of the people still have the phone, but like I, I had everyone's number off my heart to be ringing around, like begging. Wow. You know? uh, I don't even know my girlfriend's phone number. <laughs> and you still got open microphone numbers from ten years ago? No, I have like guys like uh, Ian Carpenter. I mean, you you might not know some of these guys, but like Ian Carpenter, John Henderson, Joe Rooney, uh, Carl Spain. Right. Um. Some people's old numbers that they don't have anymore, like Deirdre O'Kane's old number, because I just had to ring those people all the time. Right. Whereas uh, nowadays, my brother's problem is he's just so many comedians looking yeah. for spots. Yeah. Do you have the same problem? Uh, I have a, a little bit. I like. I kind of think it's slightly different for me, maybe because there's a lot more gigs now. So I think people are, are not lining up as much. That they just, you know, what instead of doing a good gig, I find that open micers now go. Instead of wishing to get on a spleen or whatever it is, they don't even bother. They just go, you know what? Instead of coming and watching a gig or checking out a gig like that, I'll just go and do the absolute biggest toilet of a gig that's like down the street instead. Like I'd rather go and play to three people than line up and try and ask for a spot at spleen oh, or right. a full okay, room. Yeah. So I don't get that many. And plus, I think kind of like, um, you know, I, I get a bit of a reputation for... for they they think oh this guy's a hard ass so uh, you know I won't even I won't even bother. But I think you just get that rep like like I feel like my brother got a bit of that rep because you just have to say no. Yeah like, exactly I, exactly. It's so tough. Yeah. You know like like it, I sound like a broken record just saying like. I'm yeah. Sorry, you, but I, I can't make it any easy like I like I said we designed this gig on a Monday night and it's always full and it's always great and we design it in a way that. You know, if we started now, we would be able to get on. So the way we do that is to make all the comics as great as we can and then leave a couple of spots left for new guys. So all those new guys need to do is come down and ask for a spot or line up and sign up for a spot in two months' time or in a month's time or whatever it is. But still some people just go, oh, fuck that then. I'd rather go home and complain about it and not yeah. get on. So but left left here. It's tough starting out though, man. When I think back, you know? Yeah, sure. I mean, I, I think... In my head, I reckon it'd be easier now because there's so many more gigs, and 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 I don't know what it's like in Dublin now, but when I started, well, there's there more, was there's more gigs now. Yeah, well, when I started, you know, ten, eleven years ago, there was like a couple of gigs a week, and you know, if you did one gig a week, that's pretty cool. But now but it was worse in Melbourne. Like, like yeah. it's unbelievable that a, a city the size of Melbourne with a festival the size of Melbourne, yeah, had had such a bad scenario. Yeah, sure, which is why. You know, which is why I was sort of semi-thinking that you deserve the praise because to run as many rooms as you do now in a city that didn't have a lot of gigs is... Yeah, well, it was uh, even about five years ago, like, I still run about the same amount of gigs, but th that meant they were nearly the only gigs in Melbourne. Yeah. Whereas now there's a few... N to be honest, like, uh, you know, this sounds a bit stupid or whatever, but a few people have sort of asked my advice and whatever, and now they run other good gigs because they've sort of used my model or they have asked how to do it and I've, I've given them advice well, I always say the stuff. same thing to people it's like yo you can't just look after your friends you gotta have standards yeah yeah totally totally because what mean, happens a lot of times this guy say I can't get a gig there I'll start my own gig which is a good reason to start a gig but the problem is that you very quickly find out that the things that annoyed you about the last place if you don't do them yourself you got a problem let me talk to you about your current show the wait don't tell me oh my solo show my yeah, solo, solo show, I want to remember the, the yeah the Go world's best comedian in the world. Yes, that's it. Yeah. That is the name of the title. Yeah. But it's a unique show. Yeah. 
Yeah. Because I, I hope it is. I don't know if anyone else has done it, but yeah. It's what it is is me. I've got my set uh, of stand up, and then I get a, a heckler every night. Uh, and by heckler, I mean I get another comedian that I think would would be funny, that I know slightly, that I think's got a good sense of humor, and and would fit into this concept. And they basically sit side of stage, and they make me justify the title by heckling me. And they can do that, and and, and it's interesting to find out how other comics approach it, oh, and right, you see okay. a little bit of like what people are like. Uh, as a comic and as a person, because everyone approaches it a different way. The people come in and take it very literally. Some people come in and just try and burn me as hard as I can. Right, really. Like they f- they treat it like a competition um, to try and break me, to try and bust the show apart, which I always find interesting because it's like it's like they're trying to wreck the show. And you go, we, that's technically heckling, yeah, but the goal is to also make it funny and to, you know, to make a fun show and whatever. Yes, yes. Whereas some people don't have that cunt in them, and so they just come in and go, well, we'll just do our version, and, and they might come in and just sort of be conversational and so just be part of it and be jumping in. And sometimes people don't even say anything negative at all, but I think it's... it's oh, sometimes people don't say anything negative? Yeah, yeah. Because so my inclination was to not say anything negative, but then I thought I had to. Yeah, yeah, sure. You know, look, and that's the other thing of how people think they're supposed to do it. They like double guess or whatever. But I always, I think that's funny. Like, especially if a joke doesn't work, then jump in and say whatever the fuck you want. And, and you know, like you did, so you did it tonight and it was great. It was, well, you had a, it's like a smaller crowd. It was a, it was a cold it was Monday, a Monday night. night. Yeah, so, so it wasn't like, uh, but it was, it was good It was fun. fine. It was fine. So, and, and it was fun. Like there was enough, it's an, the ideal show, the perfect show in my eyes is always, I get on, I have fun, the jokes work, the heckler works, uh, we, me and you talking back and forth works. And it's all fun, and and I feel like most of that happened tonight. Like it was good, yeah. it was fine. Like they. No, I think it's a good exercise. I mean, sometimes the audience is genuinely a bit confused as to why there is someone yelling at me in the show. So sometimes it takes a little while for people to figure that out, and they think like I've literally heard people's opinions about it going, "Is this so?" Like on a bad night, like sometimes everything works. Most of the time, everything works. The jokes work, the heckler works. People understand that that we're friends, and it's all supposed to be funny. There's some nights where it, it doesn't work, and people literally walk out going, so were your jokes on purpose supposed to be shit just so that guy could be funny? <laughs> and I'm like, no, that's not actually how it's... That's that's extra bad. That's extra embarrassing. Yeah, but then again, like, any show can be shit on any particular night. Totally. So, but the, but, but the problem with your show in the sense of if it's gone bad people will think, oh, why did you bother having the heckler? It ruined it. Yeah, yeah, Whereas yeah. Whereas in actual fact, some nights just don't yes, kick off. Yes, exactly, exactly. Some people have come out on a bad night and gone, oh, that, that guy really wrecked your show. You really shouldn't have got that guy in. And it's like, no, not, it didn't really work like that. And then some people come out and go, um, yeah, yeah, like, just get rid of that. Or, or, or you know, you like, like I said, like your jokes, that's great for you to write deliberately bad jokes just so that guy could be funny. And again, I'm like, no, that's not that's <laughs> that's not how it works at all. Like, come back another night and watch a full house laugh at the everything, laugh at the jokes. Yeah. Hey, it's Paige Desorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. 
Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe FDA approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. So you seem to be, because you have the Little Dum Dum Club, which is your podcast, Podcast, which is very successful. There may even be some people in Ireland that listen to that because it's doing very well, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, we've got Irish listeners. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. and then you're doing all these sort of like other things like the the roasts and that like you're quite experimental with the, you know like the uh, the group stuff yeah yeah so we do a thing called like we did it the other night we did a roast which was um uh we just picked one of our friends one of our more popular guests still Jai singer and then we did an american style uh, so that everyone came on and roasted each other and it went really 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 well um and then on top of that we are doing in a couple of days time what we do is during the melbourne comedy festival um there will be four shows usually four live podcasts and then we do this weird thing where we go okay if you buy a season pass you get to go to our little end of night party end of festival party for free if you've got this festival pass and then if we can fit all you guys in then we will also let in uh basically at random someone who's bought one ticket to one of the shows so it's a completely free show and it's on at 11 o'clock on the last night of the festival and all it is is an unrecorded podcast so it's all you know say what the fuck you want and we get very drunk so before we go on stage to, am i allowed to let the secret out about what an unrecorded <laughs> podcast is okay sure the fact that you keep saying it's an unrecorded <laughs> podcast i just have to point out that that is just a gig yeah <laughs> <laughs> traditionally that has been known as a, as a gig yeah but man if you see this show you would go man that's that's it's an unrecorded podcast yeah 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 because that's that describes it better because if you called it a gig you'd go that's not fucking good enough to be a gig like that's that's just a bunch of idiots on stage yeah. yelling at each so other it's like a wu-tang album it can only yeah be, yeah yeah you can only be appreciative once yeah 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 we were literally we were literally talking about that the other day we said we should record it because uh, we try and make people jealous that they're not going so they make a real effort to come along and we just said uh, the other day like we should record it and just make one copy of it and do like Wu-Tang and just sell that one copy for as much as we can to just one other person but I think that would get us in a lot of trouble because it's very libelous and, and also yeah, the good yeah. the good thing is that when you're doing a, like a live podcast you're always trying to make sure that it works audio wise as well yes. but because it's an unrecorded podcast or People aka just a show like you said <laughs> you can be visual so like we dress up and we do all, you know oh, we, yeah. we do a lot of crowd surfing which people used to really get excited about but then we just did it over and over and over and over yeah. and over and now people get really pissed off and now it's just a burden yeah yeah <laughs> people just now make sure they don't sit in the middle so they have to carry us they just yeah. like get out onto see the side like you see people like warming up their shoulders before they go into your yeah, show yeah and people and, and there's like crush chairs afterwards because we have some fatter guests and whatever that like literally smash chairs when oh, people God. people fall over and stuff so it gets pretty chaotic yeah but, yeah but, but what I wanted to ask you was with the heckling and, and that like you're doing a lot of sort of group interactive stuff yeah like 
where else can you take like if you're doing so much of that why don't you try to sort of you know take it like okay the little dum-dum like how, how come there's not like a panel show in australia how come there's nothing that is tapping into that sort of vibe yeah well man that's that's also a really good question like uh i mean there's been a lot of success with what we're i mean i can't stand when people say to me hey you know what you should be doing but just in the sense that you have all these people that are willing to sort of be interactive like that surely there's well i think you know what like i mean you'd know this but like industry people can be weird and whatever and it's I've almost put myself outside that sort of stuff now where, you know, we do a podcast and it makes some money now and, um, you know, we do all these live shows and they're really successful and you get to a point where you, you stop trying to impress industry people because what what are you trying to do there? You're trying to get them to say, come and do our thing that pays you this much money and put you out to this many people. Well, we've started to go, hang on, we're already, we already have access to this many people. We already get paid yeah. this much money. Like, so if we can get that other stuff, cool. But at the moment, what we've got is sort of pretty cool. Yeah. And we've and we've sort of found out, even recently, we've sort of found out we now sort of are the industry in a little way. Like, we did that roast the other night. And the next morning, we're just fielding messages and calls from people that are getting really pissed off. Like, these open mic, you know, like we're talking about before, people, but like famous people going, why the fuck wasn't I on this show? Why wasn't I on this show? And it's like, oh man, now, yeah, now we're the gatekeepers. Instead of we're the ones knocking to get in, we're the ones accidentally keeping people out or whatever yeah i mean in a way it's sort of true like the podcast gets popular and you know people start carrying talking about it online then suddenly it's like that's where the energy is yeah yeah because the energy has moved hasn't it yeah yeah so like now that we can make money now that we can we've got all these listeners and and all that sort of stuff it's like well the industry or whatever i still don't think people quite understand like that other stuff like podcasts i don't know how to how to you know uh, uh, uh exploit it they don't know how yes. to, what what the next level is or so i'm so surprised like it's you know because it's quite popular and we never get approached by anyone to like you know by management or by radio or by tv they all just go oh yeah whatever we don't really get it or whatever and we're like okay well fuck we're making quite a bit of money off it like if i was you i'd be trying to leech onto it and get some of this yeah. cash but yeah. anyway that's up to you guys i guess you see managers what they understand is like stand up or whatever so they they grab these people in these like that might fill a 30 seat or 40 seat room and go oh we'll, we'll get this guy instead it's like man we did a podcast last year that was 500 people a live podcast 500 people and you go why doesn't anyone want a piece of this but anyway that's that's their call you know we'll, yeah, we'll i guess in a way part of it has to do with say particularly with radio in australia because it's such a successful medium and such a lucrative medium that hasn't been like disrupted yet yeah that they probably go well these guys can't do that yeah on their thing but you know what i mean things are changing because just little examples that we see like you know we will get a little bit of a sponsorship and then People, because people own podcasts a bit more. People are like really into it, and they know that we're making it for them, for ourselves, and for those guys, and for no one else. So they get really, you know, uh, attached to it. So if we have a little sponsorship, they really do their best to go. We're going to go out and buy that thing because they're supporting you, and, and and we'll tweet about it online, and we'll do all that stuff because that gets back to the company, and then that company goes, oh fuck, little Dum Dum Club, they're cool. All right, well, yeah. we get a lot of feedback from it. Whereas we hear from some radio people, like we've heard radio people say, man, we don't hear anything like that. Like people sort of turn off with radio these days. Like we'll give out something for free on radio. And it's like a major radio show and no one will ring up for it. No one, they will get no feedback. They'll have really? to be pushing people to ring up and do some talk back and stuff. So when do you think the real disruption will happen? Like in the sense that what technological advancement will have to happen that 
the Little Dum Dum Club is what Frank, on his way to work, listens to between eight and nine on a Monday morning. Yeah, well, man, I don't, I don't know because I feel like I'm already part of that. Those people because I don't listen to the radio. Like my radio has been broken in my car for six years and I've never gotten it fixed because yeah. I just why listen to I, podcasts. Yeah, I don't, I don't want to. Like I don't even listen to podcasts that much, but I don't want to listen to the radio. So, and that's what we get a lot of, you know, just the podcast in general. And you probably get the same, but you just get hit up by people going, you are a big part of our lives now because I have to drive a fucking ice truck in fucking Canada or whatever it is. Yeah, people say to me, you get me through the, the commute in the morning. Yeah, or, you yeah. Know, or a lot of people, oddly enough, because I, I can only listen to music when I'm jogging, a lot of people tell me I get them through their jog. Right, right. Yeah, well, that's interesting because, yeah, I don't... I think our fans don't jog that much, but <laughs> <laughs> I've seen them at the live shows. They don't. They don't do a lot of that exercise. Yeah, but. yeah. But I, I, I'm curious myself in terms of like when, because obviously television has been disrupted. Netflix has fucking chucked up the thing. Yeah. The fact that YouTube people can make millions of dollars, like all that stuff, there's like loads of disruption everywhere. But I feel like even though podcasting is hugely popular. There doesn't seem to be any great fear in the radio industry of how it's going to change the game over there. Yeah, I look, I think that's right. And, and I don't know everything about radio, but I think those guys in radio, uh, uh, they just ha- haven't changed it. They haven't been made to change it. So they're like, it's still the same people in charge of all the radio stuff from 10, 15 years ago. And for some reason, they're, they're still not yeah, looking at anything else. I, I, I don't know why. Yeah, but I have a funny feeling that it's going to be down to a technological change in cars. Like, I, like oh, right. I, I, I personally think that when cars are just, I know that a lot of cars have Wi-Fi now and stuff. Like I know that a lot of cars are online, but I think when, when car radios just become entirely digital, like I do think that the dial will change the way that we interact with the radio will change. Right. Well, I kind of feel like the people in charge of radio at the moment are still the people in charge from 20 years ago. So they, they haven't caught up. They haven't figured it out yet. Once new people are in charge that have been through the generations of podcasts and understand that sort of thing, yeah, I think those older guys are still don't quite like even older guys in management are the same. They don't quite understand the podcast thing yet. Yeah, but I even think just like just, I'm just thinking about the consumer. Like, yeah, I think the 50 year old dude that gets in his car to this, day, he's just not as inclined to just like have his iPhone in the USB or just have the iPhone automatically go into Bluetooth and then just click a podcast because it's yeah. actually pretty simple to listen to a podcast on your car now but it just still seems a bit fiddly yeah but eventually yeah. it won't be fiddly and yeah. that's when i think things will really start to change yeah sure i look you know our numbers go up all the time and i guess podcast numbers uh, you know everyone's numbers go up all the time i think more and more people listen yeah. to it but how do you get wh- wh- where are you getting your numbers by the way uh from like libsyn i think yeah from our hosting Side? Oh yeah, so I get mine from SoundCloud. So right. I, I hate asking you this live on the way on yeah. the air, but so like, you you just trust that number because I was I was never sure. So I see like SoundCloud say listens, right. right? Is that taking in all of the? So is that like when when someone listens on iTunes, that's going in on SoundCloud as a thing, man, or is that just a SoundCloud list? Man, I have to say I have no idea. Like I I don't do that side of it. Like my the other guy on the podcast, Tommy Dasler, he accesses all that sort of stuff so every now and then i just go how many listeners have we got now and he goes this many i'm like oh cool so man oh, i don't, right, I don't okay, know cool. yeah i just I, i'm sorry for drilling you on that i just no 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 that's fine because i literally don't know all, all i know is like we'll go and do a round of like we basically we tour the country a couple of times a year 
And every time we go back to a city, the numbers go up. And so we'll go back to a city and it'll go up again and I'll go, and Do you oh, charge man. for your podcast gigs? Yeah, totally. Oh, you do? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is great because it's like that thing of going, uh, you know, like we, we just sold out all of our shows in Melbourne and it's a, it's a sweet little con, con's a bad word for it, but like, uh, you know, the episode goes up three days later for free. So it's like, sure. What, are you sure you want to say this out loud? Well, people know. Surely they know. Yeah, they want the live experience. Exactly, exactly. No one's going uh, uh, going there going, oh, this is the one chance to hear it. But then that's why we do those unique gigs. Like, for example, the roast. That's not going out. So yeah. that's sold out really That's early. an unrecorded podcast. Well, yeah, yeah, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> that is yeah. an unrecorded exactly, podcast. Exactly, exactly. And like the drunk cast that's coming up, like that's unrecorded. So no, and p- no matter what, there'll be people in Melbourne that'll still hit us up going, so when are you going to upload that? And it's like, we're fucking not. You have it's to come to it. unrecorded podcast, Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's, it's a gig. It's not recorded. It's a gig. <laughs> <laughs> so do you ever kind of think, fuck comedy? Because it just, this is so much more fun, what we're doing with the podcast? Uh, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, a little bit. Because, you know, we, uh, and again. Well, fuck like stand-up, I should say. Yeah, 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 right. Well, with you, I mean, you're, you're doing your podcast, but you're more known for your, for your stand-up. But whereas I'm the opposite, we've got this popular podcast and, you know, we've got a bit of a running joke that, you know, you, you go and do the, the podcast and there's like two, 250 people there. And it's like, my stand-up show is in the basement straight after the gig. Who's coming? And there's two people put their hand up. And so we, you literally, like, you know, yesterday, yesterday was a good example. Literally, I went from 250 people in the live podcast Five minutes later, my stand-up show started downstairs, and I went down there, and we had 55 people. So, like, that's cool. That makes sense. You can't have everyone go to everything. But there's a real sense of the podcast fans like the podcast, and they like it more than the stand-up. And, yeah. and they're not all of a sudden so you, Yeah, so, so sometimes in your own brain, you think, wow, well, maybe I need to just focus all my... Yeah, brain. yeah, yeah. I mean, you've got to... Like, I, I sort of have arguments with, with Tommy, with the other guy on the podcast, Tommy, a little bit, because he gets a bit frustrated with it. And I just go, man, you gotta, you just got to remember that, appreciate the fact that someone likes you for something. Like, you know, we've got the podcast and every, all these people love it. Cool, just just be cool with that. Yeah. Like, you can't have everything. Like, I, I understand it, and this sounds like such a fucked uh, uh, allegory for it, but I always think, you know what, if the Rolling Stones come out and play the Tennis Centre, it's going to be sold out within two seconds. If Mick Jagger comes out and plays a solo show, it won't be sold out in two minutes. Like, because it's only part of the thing that they like. It's not the it's not the main thing. Like, people love the Rolling Stones, but they don't love, you know, they're not going to come out and watch Charlie Watts drum. Yeah. That's only part of that thing that they I love. I mean, every time I haven't had a decent-sized crowd, right? I like to think about Mick Jagger. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I also hope that you enjoy the comparison that I think I'm fucking like the Rolling Stones, by the way. <laughs> yeah. I loved it, man. Yeah. I just thought, now there is some Tony Robbins positive thinking. <laughs> there is some Tony Robbins positive thinking right there. Yeah. yeah. No, no, I, I totally get it, you know? And I, 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 think, I, I think it's great because you guys were early in the game of, of, of podcasting. And yeah. It's, it's fun to watch that shit. And it's, 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 it's amazing how loyal people get when it comes to podcasts. Oh, man. Yeah, it's crazy. And, and like I was saying to you before, we were... Like we sell T-shirts and merch and stuff, and um, it's really cool because so many of them wear their shirts to the gigs and even to the solo shows. 
which I kind of feel is cool because they not only you know are they supporting us, but they're just letting us know that we've got a bit of a home crowd in the in the crowd tonight or whatever. They're going, yeah, yeah, we know, we know. But we've got this weird thing with our podcast where they're not they're not always like we love like they're never like we love you like we see other podcasts that are like really popular podcasts and they even do a bit of like a Q&A session after the show and they go if you pay another 10 bucks you get to come and you know like meet us and meet us backstage whereas we don't have that love like we, they they really like the show but they love to hang shit on us instead like they got this real thing where they go you know if they drive past us they'll just yell out the car and go fuck you or whatever <laughs> They're like really negative towards us, but they they think that, that we like that because we we rag that's, each other. Yeah, yeah, because you guys we rag each, each other. other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so that's like Opie and Anthony kind of vibe, like back in the day. Right. Okay. Do you know about them? Uh, I know of them, but I, I I haven't listened. They were kind of like the offspring of Howard Stern to a degree, like like right. like like um as a as a concept. Not they didn't come from Howard Stern, but yeah, shock jock, and uh, they they don't do it anymore. But they had really like fucking. Not shitty fans, but just like yeah, pretty aggressive. And yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I feel we we've got a version of that because like there's a running gag in the show. It's not a gag; it's just an actual thing that's sort of funny. Is that Daslo gave my number out, my phone number out years ago, and this is when the podcast wasn't that big. Oh, and is that why I came up Carl Chan's phone number? Where I put it up, I put in. Google. Oh, you Google me? Yeah, exactly. That's the number one thing people Google me for my phone number because. It went out on, on an episode years and years and years ago. No, you know what? I, go- I Googled your name because I wanted to... F- Before you got back to me and said the show's at 8.15, I was checking to see if I'd missed the show already. This is oh, before right, I right. said I would definitely do the heckling. And uh, so, yeah, I put in Carl Chandler because I was going to put in Melbourne International Comedy Festival. And Carl Chandler's phone number came Yeah, out. yeah, yeah. So it comes out there. Daslo puts it out there years ago and, and says it on air. And then I just think, oh, well, it doesn't matter. We don't have that many listeners. It doesn't matter. But then, of course, the podcast gets bigger and bigger. And, it, and you know, I get a few calls that week and whatever. But then it just never stops. And if anything, it's just multiplied. And so, so you, why don't you change your number? That's what everyone asks me. And I always go, well, it's just going to be a pain to give out to everyone and start again and all that. And, and all the people that ring me through all these different jobs and all the millions of things that I do. It's just gonna. I'm just gonna lose work. I just get this fear. I'm gonna lose business and lose work and whatever. But I think somehow I've trained the listeners to now. I don't get as much abuse. I used to get a lot of abuse and them sign me up to all this fucked stuff. But now it's sort of calmed down a bit. And there's not one day where I don't get calls or text messages, but they're generally positive now. They're generally positive. There, there was. I just talked about on the latest episode that someone very recently signed. I don't know how the fuck they did this, but they changed... If you Googled the number for Guzman e. Gomez in South Yarra, it came up as my number. So I was getting a lot of complaints that people's burritos were cold. <laughs> a lot of people ringing up going, why the fuck have my tacos turned up? And I, and I could not figure out how they did it. And I, co- I could not get it to stop. And it went on for weeks and weeks and weeks. And still I, until I started just playing with it and people would ring up and I'd be like... I'd be like, fuck, me. you know, I just pretended to be there. And I was like, yeah, Guzman speaking. Gomez, <laughs> Gomez is out. And they're like, and then I'd be like, fuck, man, I make a lot of burritos. It's hard to keep track of which ones have gone out or not. Man, call back later. I don't care. I don't know. Did you ever think about calling them and being like, listen, man? I, no, well, in the end, it just got t- too much. And then um, I, I had to, I pleaded with someone, tell me where you found the number. And they, f- one of them, because f- people would just get angry at me all the time through it but then finally someone just went it's right here and then I found it and uh, I rang Guzman Gomez and said 
my number is somehow your number online now. And then they said, we're so sorry. I don't know how we made that mistake. We'll give you all these free burritos. I'm like, fuck yeah, all right. <laughs> now they're sponsored the podcast. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sort this of. This section is brought to you by Guzman yeah. Brothers Burritos. So that's the sort of people that like our show, right? That's their, that's yeah, that's so how they show their love. a devilish bit of crack with all that. Yeah, so that's why we, we don't call, we never call them fans because fans seems like people that love us, whereas these guys don't really. So our merch is... Instead of we we love Little Dum Dum Club, we our merch says on our T-shirts that says we're aware of the Little Dum Dum Club because they don't love us, <laughs> they just know of us. They just they so just basically like your whole vibe like heckling and basically it's all about like the entertainment of being abused. Yeah, yeah. Well, I feel like that's what people want. So, <laughs> <laughs> like, and the other thing is, I give it out plenty. So I always feel like I've got an absolute right to. You know, I I need to be able to take it. So, you know, I put myself, I put my head on a stick, ready for fucking someone to kick it in, because I give it out a lot. So I'm like, man, we'll bring bring it back. I don't, I would hate to be the guy that couldn't take it. So, yeah, pour it on, whatever you want. You know, and people tend to people tend to enjoy me giving it out and getting it back. So it's, it's it works for me. It's fine. Yeah. And would you say? This, I'll leave you on there because it's it's uh, quarter past twelve yeah. at night. By the way, this podcast is being recorded at midnight uh, after. Uh, Two shows. Yeah. Uh, do, do, would you think the more men listen to your podcast? Definitely. Sounds a bit male. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Definitely. We Sounds always... like the lads having the crack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think generally, like, man, there's still plenty of girls that listen. And I'm, but having said that, I'm always surprised when girls come up and go, oh, I love it. I'm like, yeah, it, it is pretty sort of like, not, not, I wouldn't say it's alpha. But it is pretty aggressive with all that sort of stuff. Yeah. But like, it's not like me. If you look at me and Tommy, the host, and you wouldn't go, "Fuck, check out, check out yeah, those two alphas." There, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I think there's still that vulnerability of two fucking idiots that you know still haven't been to the gym or whatever it is. But uh, generally, I think the stats are. I I always see two thirds, sixty six percent is guys and thirty three percent girls. I think. I think roughly is that. And I think that that's probably about right. On my Facebook posts, you know, when I do like Facebook posts and I look at the analytics, it's the opposite. Yeah, yeah. Well, you're a good-looking guy. That's yeah, I why know, it's starting to worry me. I feel like you know, I feel like I need to get that shit back to fifty-fifty, man. Yeah, well, I'm gonna have to start maybe like little dumb-dumbing this. Podcast, yeah, 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 yeah. Getting a bit shitty with people. Be more of an asshole. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the guys tend to like that, and the girls don't like that as much. But I know, yeah. And whenever the girls like, to be honest, whenever the girls like it, I'm always like. Thanks. Thanks for listening. You? But what's wrong? Yeah, <laughs> what happened to you? Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it's kind of, yeah, it's just like a male sense of humor. Yeah. Did you have a dad that used to hang shit on you every day or yeah, something? Yeah. Is that what you want? That's the vibe. Yeah. Anyway, man, listen. Get get on with your life. Yeah. Thank okay. you for doing me the favor. Of, yeah. You know, getting another driving around podcast. Even though we've been, it's like my dad used to go to AA meetings and fucking he'd sit outside for an hour in the car after getting dropped off. I feel like I, you know. We've been sitting outside your place now for like twenty five minutes. That's fine. That's fine. Thanks for no. Thanks for doing my show tonight because um, a guy pulled out of um, my show uh, out of the heckle yeah, position. Yeah, who was it? Uh, a guy called Josh Earl, comedian called oh, Josh, Josh Earl. Oh, Josh Earl dropped out. Yeah, he dropped out, which always surprises me because usually the comics in Melbourne are lining up to hang shit on me. So it's always weird when someone can't make it. But like, he has a kid. He has a kid. I think he had another gig as well. So right, yeah. okay. But I really appreciate you. Uh, Coming in the last No problem. Second. It literally was a block and a half from my flat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it was fine, and I, I was grateful for the shows, especially 
that Thursday night gig, which was just a real blast. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and the Saturday night gig you did. That was great. You killed it. Oh, when I had to file Stephen K. Yeah, well, I know I know we're trying to wrap it up, but I did. I do find this funny, and I, and, and you should appreciate this as a room runner, but I did find that very funny where you had to follow Stephen K. Amos, and he was killing, and he was probably doing a And little, he's famous here. For yeah. people that don't know back at home, He's very Stephen big K. in Australia. Amos is a UK comedian, but he's very famous. He's here. very big here. Uh, but he was in a hot, it was a hot room. The room was great. The show was so good. Everyone was absolutely destroying. Killed. Absolutely destroying. And you came in and you had to follow him. And you're like stressing about it and going, oh. And I said, and I was like, shut the fuck up. Everyone is killing. And I said, and I, as I've said to other people in the same position, I was like, you know what? I don't want to hear this shit now. You go and do your gig. If you don't do well, then come back and complain. We'll do. We'll deal but with it then. You didn't say that to me. Yeah, I said. I said you complain if you don't do well. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and so then you go out and rip it, and it's like cool. Well, don't worry of about course, it. Of course, it was yeah. fine. I yeah. mean, listen, a comedian before his show is a very different man. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. But the funny thing about that was, so, you know, because like Amos is pretty famous, so it's always like, oh, you want to get on, you know. So I got that he hadn't been on yet. So I kind of went over to him and like, you know, I was just waiting for him to say, if you want to go on first, it's cool. But of course he wouldn't, which is fine. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. it's a, it's, it's an insult really for him to swap it around. You know, yeah. it's better for him to be like, nah, I'm a fucking follow you. Fuck that. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. But he had said to you that he needed to go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's a funny one where it's like the comedian doesn't want to fucking have to follow somebody else. I was like, oh, I really need to go. Yeah. So I'm in a rush. So you made sure that he got on. Yeah. And then... He fucking watched my whole set. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and and I hung out with him afterwards. Yes, yes. And it was fine because he did well and I did well. So we, I, I, I love him, you know. Like yeah, then, yeah. then there's no problem. But if he fucking, you know, like he did 20 minutes and then I fucking couldn't get the room, I would have been pissed and off. And he did do that. He did, he did three gigs for me during the festival and he did that every time. i got to get on because i got to go somewhere. i got to go somewhere. Okay, and then he get on and then he hang, hangs out for the next hour or two at the same venue it's like yeah that's that was a lie but yeah. i was aware that he was up there killing it so much so and you know it's not always a good technique and i did it and i i got away with it but it doesn't always work i did do that thing where i sort of made a joke about him in a positive way yeah but about him sort of just sort of link yeah, out yeah. of it almost like that give it up for your mc that yeah, Americans yeah, yeah, do. Yeah, yeah, give it up for yeah. your mc but i kind of went like oh stephen k must have ripping it and then I made an inappropriate joke, which I won't repeat because right. it won't be funny. Yep. And uh, but that worked, thank God. But that's not always a good technique. Sure. Yeah. It can fail. Yeah. No, but like that room that night was was that bulletproof. Was great, it man. was everyone was killing. Highlights, so. highlights of my festival, man. Yeah. Carl, thanks so much. Thanks, man. Thanks for a handshake. Thanks for the ride home. Oh, great. You know what? I'm not even going to turn it off. I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to sign off while I'm driving after you get mm. out of the car. Oh, okay. I never All do right. that. All right. I've cha I'm changing you. You. You've mo you've you've uh, you've motivated me to just change up the game. Okay. So you can just leave the mic on the seat. All right. All right. <laughs> and you just, can bitch about me when I'm gone. I'm not gonna bitch about <laughs> you. I'm just gonna wrap it up. Yeah. I'm gonna actually do like a wrap up. But okay. thanks, man. All right. I'll see you during the week. All right. I'll talk. I've, I've got another gig for you, so I'll hit you up. <laughs> oh, you got another gig? Yeah. Oh, great. Yeah. And by the way, Carl is now standing outside my car, but he's still holding the mic. <laughs> <laughs> you can say goodbye without the mic, oh, okay. so you could do the close right. door. Bye. Bye. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> so anyway, guys, that is uh, that is this week's podcast. Um, as I said, I don't normally do the uh, the sign off uh, like immediately, but now I'm just I'm just driving off. You know, part of the reason why I wanted to do this podcast um, was I, I got upgraded when I rented this car, so I've been cruising around an E-class Merc, and uh, there's just something. 
there's just something real nice about cruising around in a Merc around Melbourne. And, uh, you know, so I'm just chatting with my homie Carl. And, um, you know, it was different, you know, because I know you guys don't know Carl, but I just thought it'd be cool to just chat to a, a comic at, you know, doing the stuff that he's doing. And, uh, and uh, he's been helpful to me, so I was, like, happy to, you know, get his name out there and all that shit. So anyway, guys, uh, we got... We got Tom Ballard coming up. Uh, I'm talking to him on Wednesday, so I should have that up by Thursday. And uh, so we'll be talking about uh, some stuff that's in his show, uh, kind of just about the bubble that we can live in sometimes with uh, liberal, sort of liberal middle class whiteness, uh, which I sort of teed up last week, but uh, I've, I've, I've shoved this one in in the meantime uh, just to cruise around again. And um, and Melbourne is a great city to cruise around in, man. You know, like right now, it's uh, 23 minutes past 12. It's kind of a like a warm 14 degrees. Like like it's 14, but doesn't feel cold. You know, it's nice. And uh, Melbourne gets sleepy on a Monday night. You know, there's like a there's a sleepiness to it right now. You know, as you drive through the 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 inner suburbs of Melbourne, and if people have never been here, you know, there's tram lines and these sort of overhanging awnings outside shops and certain streets, like Brunswick Street and Fitzroy and Victoria Street that we were on earlier. They almost look like sets out of a western because their uh, their shop fronts are quite old, but they're not high, and it almost looks like there's nothing behind them. Uh, and uh, there's just a there's an energy that Melbourne has that is not like any other city in the world to be honest um, and a quaintness but yet a coolness that uh, is hard to achieve but just is the perfect combination uh, of a city so, uh, so it was nice to be able to just take it in so I hope you enjoyed it and I uh, hope you're having a nice time wherever you are and wherever you're listening to this. And we'll be back on Thursday. Hopefully nothing goes wrong in the meantime. Uh, thanks to Carl Chandler for taking the time to chat to us. And again, you know, I'm repeating myself, but I did ask him to talk about the difficulties of booking comics. So don't think he's like a fucking total bitch bitching about stuff. I mean, I, that's what I wanted to talk to him about. So I will sign off from... What street am I on? Just to give you a final sense of place as I, as we come to the end of this, because um, I think I'm in Richmond, but I just want to, I just want to make sure that I, I let you know right at the end of my podcast exactly where I am. I'm on the corner of Lenox Street and Bridge Road, just passing the 48D as it heads the other direction to Q Depot. Because that's the end of that tram's night. And that's the end of our night. Good night. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. 
One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com.